Damien pulls into the parking lot alongside St. Petri Catholic Church, taking care to avoid a patch of black ice in the center of the road. Vivian looks in her fledgling's general direction for the first time in nearly an hour, catching only a glimpse of the large Romanesque construct. Damien expertly navigates the Volkswagen between two snow-covered white lines into an empty parking space alongside a beautiful cobblestone path leading from the lot to the front door. He puts the sedan in park and turns off the engine. He glances toward Vivian and exits the car without a word. Vivian sits in silence, trying to break her train of negative thoughts by counting the roughly cut multicolored stones leading from the foundation of the church to the oxidized green roof. She sighs in defeat after a moment and exits the sedan, finding Damien leaning against the vehicle and staring off into the distance, his breath billowing into the night air. He turns to his sire, scowling. You know, I haven't really had the nerve to ask, but how is a Catholic church going to help us? To explain it simply, us La Sombra kind of control the Catholic church. We can use them to relay messages or to find shelter. Or whatever else we want, really. As to how we control the church, I don't know. Damien shakes his head and shuts the door. That sounds awfully convenient. He moves toward the trunk, depressing a button on the key. Well, anyways, I'll search the car for anything useful. We haven't had the time to properly look through it yet. Vivian nods and turns toward the church, leaning back against the Volkswagen. Oh my god, we got a weebs car. There's a katana and a samurai cosplay in here. Is the katana sharp, at least? Damien takes the sheathed sword from the trunk. He wraps his fingers around the decorative hilt and unsheaths the blade, taking a moment to admire the unexpectedly enrapturing craftsmanship. He tosses the sheath into the trunk and lowers his free index finger toward the blade, quickly withdrawing his hand as the tip pierces his finger. Then use it. You can't be serious. A weapon is a weapon, and a free one is the best kind. Damien shuts the trunk, carefully sheathing the katana and attaching the sheath to the waistline of his cargo pants. The pair surveil their surroundings as they walk, taking note of a fresh set of footprints carving a ragged path from the foot of a large juniper tree toward the ornate black door in the distance. The door opens with a loud creak. Vivian and Damien come to an abrupt stop, the latter's hand instinctively closing around the hilt of his new weapon. A man in his late twenties steps across the threshold, the cold air blasting through his short brown bangs. He shivers despite the thickness of his mundane black hoodie and matching jeans and turns toward the pair, revealing a necklace with a large diamond-encrusted charm in the shape of a cross. Vivian starts forward cautiously, taking note of the melting snow clinging to the man's dark brown boots. Damien follows closely behind, his fingers gradually sliding from the hilt. The man greets the pair with a subtle nod. Dost thou know who awaits after the inevitable end? The tension building in Vivian's muscles dissipates at the sound of the passphrase. The vengeful father. I assume thou hath gazed beyond the veil? The depth of my pupils reveals the truth. Very well. I shall bring you to Father Gerhard. Vivian nods and steps across the threshold. Damien shakes his head and turns to surveil the property once more. He tenses as he senses a pair of eyes burning holes into the back of his head. He whirls around, finding himself almost face to face with the mysterious man. The two men lock eyes as Damien follows after his sire, flinching slightly at the sound of the door closing behind him. 
The man takes the lead, walking with purpose across the nondescript entryway. Vivian and Damien's gates slow as the short wooden ceiling gives way to a cavernous hallway lined with tremendous windows dozens of meters in height, and a bright red carpet fit for an imperial palace. They keep slightly to the right as they walk, Damien instinctively averting his gaze as a pair of elderly scholars walk by, nodding respectfully to the new arrivals. The man takes a ride at the end of the hallway and comes to a stop in front of an open door leading into a small office, decorated with elegant portraits of popes long since past. He leans into the room and gently wraps his knuckles on the door. He nods and beckons Vivian and Damien into the room after him. A stocky man with short salt-and-pepper hair sits in a humble wooden chair behind a small desk, his paperwork illuminated by the incandescent light of a miniature green lamp. The man peers at his new guests over a pair of horn-rimmed reading glasses perched at the tip of his nose. A knowing smile crosses his freshly shaven lips as he rises to his feet. Ah, I assume you are the children of the night. Thank you for bringing them to me, Leonard. Please wait outside. Leonard exchanges a brief glance with Vivian and Damien. He nods and walks from the room, pulling the office door closed behind him. Father Gerhard retakes his seat and places his elbows on the desk, folding his hands beneath his stubbled chin. What brings you to me, my children? Father Gerhard, we are currently being hunted by the path of the voice and are seeking refuge for the day. Father Gerhard's brow furrows. Another one of your kind recently came to me for help as well. He too was wishing for refuge from this path. We barely survived an assassination attempt in our haven back in Berlin, so we had to flee. I'm terribly sorry that happened to you too. I'll organize two beds for you. Or do you prefer coffins? We are not Camarilla, don't worry. Father Gerhard grunts and gets to his feet. He pushes the door open and motions for Vivian and Damien to exit. Vivian steps out of the room, trailed closely by her fledgling. She exchanges a nod with Father Gerhard, who sets off down the hallway toward a winding stone staircase. They make their way down the steps, passing by a small window. Damien gazes through the yellow panes, catching sight of an oddly shaped chapel, its oxidized green roof giving way to an equally odd spire blunted by a small sphere. Vivian stops and turns to her fledgling, clearing her throat. Damien obediently tears himself away from the window and follows after her. The stairwell gives way to a second and noticeably colder hallway, sparsely decorated with aging portraits within dilapidated frames. Father Gerhard comes to a stop at an open doorway at the end of the hallway and holds up a flattened palm to invite his guests inside. Vivian and Damien enter, immediately taking note of the empty shelving units and filing cabinets shoved into the far corner of the room. Two pairs of bunk beds sit against the walls, each fitted with finished sheets and dusty blankets. Along the connecting wall, a small cherry closet stands alone, occupied by a collection of wire hangers and an assortment of donated clothes. Here you are. It isn't much, but it should get you through the day. Thank you, Father Gerhard. Anything for the Night Clan and their allies. The old man pulls the thin wooden door closed behind him, leaving the key hanging from the interior lock. Vivian takes a seat on the furthest bed as Damien locks the door and props his katana against the wall. He takes a seat on the opposing bed, folding his legs in front of him and resting his arms on his knees. Vivian stares at the ground, afraid to meet her fledgling's eyes. She pretends to busy herself by picking the grime from her fingernails, 
trying to prevent her thoughts from hearkening back to the chaos in Berlin or the incident at the gas station. I'm sorry to have to bother you with this again, Vivian, but you promised I could drink some of your blood back in Berlin. Vivian raises her head. Damien immediately looks away, a greenish hue branching across his cheeks. Is that still on the table? Vivian lets out a breath, pity tainting her relief. How lost he must feel, she thinks to herself, her heart dropping. All because of me. She rises from the bed and crosses the room, offering her arm. Damien glances between her and the veins pulsing beneath her pale skin, his mouth taut. He slowly leans forward and opens his jaws, resting his incisors on her wrist. He closes his eyes and bites down. Vivian watches him apprehensively. Damien had never drank from another being before, opting instead to accept the gracious assistance of a contact at a plasma bank in the outskirts of Potsdam. Vivian had planned for this eventuality, but that did little to assuage her concern for her protege. Vampiric Vitae was loaded with energy after all, and she could only imagine how powerful her own must be. She swallows as Damien's eyelids fly open, his pupils the size of dinner plates. She gently pushes on his forehead and pulls her wrist away as his jaws release. He lets out a loud whistle and leaps to his feet, nearly banging his head on the top bunk. Whoa! <laughs> oh, vampire blood is like a drug! Oh, that shit, it hits hard! Vivian nods, taking a step back as Damien swings his arms in wide circles, his shoulders and elbows crackling. Yeah, but it satisfies hunger very well. And if we give a little bit to humans, they kind of become our slaves. Although I hate doing that. Damien eyes her curiously as he tilts his neck from side to side. Have you drank vampire blood before? Yes, but it was in circumstances similar to yours. I was still young and reliant on my sire for help. Ah, oh, <laughs> that does make me wonder, though. How old are you? You don't ask a woman her age, Damien. And you don't kill innocent drivers and steal their cars, Vivian. Vivian freezes, the blood draining into her feet. Damien lowers his arms, his high dissipating as quickly as it began. Vivian turns away from him, her fingernails drawing blood from her palms. She takes a shuddering breath as Damien starts toward her, his arm outstretched. A knock at the door stops him in his tracks. Vivian glances toward the source of the sound and looks away, silently willing the intruder to walk away. Another knock rings out. Vivian growls and walks across the room with purpose. She turns the key in the handle and throws open the door to find Leonard standing on the other side. He glances toward Damien, who drops his arm and takes a defeated seat on the bed. You two all right? Vivian clears her throat and refines her posture. <sighs> Leonard, right? Do you need anything? Leonard hesitates for a moment. He takes a breath and flicks his head toward the stairwell. Vivian follows after him, pulling the door closed behind her with enough force to shake the wall. Leonard glances around and leans forward, not daring to draw any closer to the enraged vampire than absolutely necessary. I heard about your situation and got in touch with a couple of my contacts to see if I could help you. Vivian raises her head, narrowing her eyes suspiciously. Someone has an important job that needs to be done. It could be quite risky, though. 